Giants, what I'm about. And what I'm about is an old school physical mentality. Okay? We're going to put a product on the field that the people of this city and region will be proud of. Because this team will represent this area. We will play fast, we'll play downhill, we'll play aggressive. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes, we'll play every play like it has a history and a life of its own with a relentless competitive attitude. Well, hello. What's going on, Giants fans? Back at it. It is week seven. Welcome to Big Blue Avenue. I'm Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Hank and Dichter and Sam Cardona, the girl who talks sports. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? It is uh, a rough week for the Giants yet again. You know, we have to recap another loss, but how are you both doing tonight? Doing good, Tom. Um, Not so great on Sunday. It was kind of a rough watch. But I'm excited to get into today's show. I'm excited to preview next week because it actually seems like something that is doable. We'll get into our tea time today. I actually have tea in my tea time <laughs> mug, so or our turnover tea, rather. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for today's show. First of all, Sam, I will drink to that. Cheers. Cheers. And um, yeah, I'm doing okay, I guess. Good, sort of. Oh, who am I kidding? A certain blue team's driving me up a wall and giving me Ajita. But you know what? It is what it is. I'm not surprised they lost to the Rams. I'm more annoyed about the way they lost. I'm sure Tom and Sam can probably vouch for me on that. They they just could not stop the run. And it just felt like another one of those losses where every time you think they've rock, hit rock bottom, they just keep getting that little pickaxe and keep digging deeper, deeper, deeper into that rock bottom. It's It's painful. It's frustrating. But you know what? It's whatever. Nothing Nothing about Big Blue surprises me anymore. But Tom, on the other hand, how are you doing, my friend? Doing all right. Before we get too far into it, remember to follow us on all our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Big Blue Avenue. Uh, punch your name, be our 100th subscriber. We'd really appreciate it. That would be a lot of fun. Um, also, Get your review and preview merch. Stores open until October 25th. It is on sale. I'll leave that up for just a moment. I know I got one of everything. So I encourage everybody to get at least something from the review and preview store. Definitely some good products we have there. We have mugs, long sleeve shirts, short sleeve shirts, and sweatshirts. And a good guest on for tonight, Nikki Snacks, co-host of Bleeding Blue, joins the show at 7.30 p.m. He's a co-host with... Justin Pennick, a good buddy of his from New Jersey, diehard Giants fans. They know everything about Giants history, and they're awesome people. I look forward to talking to Snacks tonight, though. should be a lot of fun. But now for the bad. Let's just get the bad out of the way because I have zero interest in prolonging this pain. The Giants lose to the Rams 38-11, fall to 1-5. And And as I'm watching this game, I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself, wow, it's pretty much last week's game on repeat. Uh, except this time the Giants, they get out to a three, nothing lead. And, um, 
<laughs> 14 play, 73-yard drive. Things look to be going well. Tony gets hurt. Shocker. Um, and then, by the way, I hate the field at MetLife. They should just implant some natural grass for Lord's sake. Uh, Gano hits a field goal. And then from then on out, it's just it wasn't good. The Rams would finally take the lead early on in the second quarter. If the Giants just had games that only lasted 15 minutes, they'd be like five and one instead of one and five. Unfortunately, games in the National Football League last 60 minutes and not 15. So the Giants, therefore, are one and five. But um, Hank, you're right. I'm not really too disappointed about the loss. I'm disappointed about the way we lost. We look at this game and the Giants are down seven to three. And they turn the ball over, right? I think Jones throws his first interception. Mm-hmm. The yes. Rams' second and third touchdown drives were 12 and 14 yards, respectively. That's how long they had to go for their second and third touchdowns. They were already in our red zone when we turned the ball over to them. That's embarrassing. And that's why they lost this football game, tr- truthfully. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, look. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Daniel Jones turning the ball over at that point was a problem. I mean, you know what? Forget that. I'm not even going to point the fingers at any one player on this team in particular. This is a whole team-wide problem. I'm sorry. 38 to 11. No. Nobody gets blame. Nobody is exempt from blame at this point. That being said, though, even though Daniel Jones had one of probably one of his worst games, I was actually legitimately surprised when I looked back at the standings as masochistic as that may have been on my part and saw that he had the most turnovers of his career in a single game or no most most turnovers in a single game because I mean I thought this fan base was telling me every single day oh he turns the ball every day and to see four turnovers I'm like but I don't know it's it was a horrible game and I just I, the one thing that I knew was going to happen was they were going to have trouble covering Cooper Cup. I mean, he scored. He had two touchdown passes. One of them was a 28-yard pass. And then you had – what was it? The, that it was a little three-yard play. It was, it was a three-yard play where they just kind of threw to him and he, he outran everybody. Yeah, no, ridiculous. And it just – it was a second quarter from hell. And, like, the one image in my head that just symbolized – not even so much that game, but just so much of these Giants games that I've watched over the past, like, what are we at now? Like 10 years was the two guys like tackling each other. I was, I just, I was about to throw stuff. I was like, what is going on here? Like how, how far have we fallen? Like, I don't get it, but (laughs) you know, that's, that's our giants for you to be fair to 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 kind of mask over the daniel jones turnovers i mean the offensive line was not good at all in this game they had four sacks seven qb hits like the kid was under pressure so that definitely added to the fact of that i know that he's had his problem with turnovers in the past but i definitely think that that was uh, a direct correlation to him doing that but otherwise i mean this game was i was watching the highlights again today and i was like this is difficult to watch and the second half of the game i'm watching a 10 minute highlight video seven minutes of it was the first half three minutes was the second half 
And that just goes to show how the Giants performed in the second half of this game. Just nobody was there. Nobody showed up for the second half, I don't think. Sam, you deserve a trophy for watching the first seven minutes alone of that video. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, 28 to three at halftime. And Mike Vivolo alluded this, um, alluded to this last week when we had him on in the car when he was on his way to meet um, an ex-giant for dinner, who I will not name. But um, Cooper Cup, that 28-yard touchdown didn't shock me at all. The defense got blown up. Um or that was a 28-yard pass on that drive that set up a Robert Woods touchdown. Cup scores a touchdown. Darrell Henderson scores a touchdown off a Taylor Rapp interception. All of a sudden, the Rams are up 21-3. to And then the Rams, again, another touchdown. Stafford throws to Henderson. And the Rams are up 28-3 to at the end of the first half. And McKinney got a nice interception on the last play of the half, but it didn't matter at that point. I mean – half was over and then to start off the second half what really ticked me off was the Rams ate up nine minutes of game clock on their opening drive the Giants didn't get the ball till like six minutes and 30 seconds left in the third quarter and the Rams only got a field goal out of that drive and what do the Giants do well they suck on first and second down they convert a fourth and seven and then after converting the fourth and seven Daniel Jones throws his third interception of the game on the next play, a pass that was undercut by Taylor Rapp. Um, I'm sorry, but when you're throwing to guys out there like Dante Pettis and um, John Ross, it's not a recipe for success. You're not, you're not going to beat this Rams team. I mean, we can put all the blame on Jones or Judge, but realistically speaking, Chris Sims and Mike Florio said it pretty good today. He had no line in front of him. No line, no receivers. I mean, he's bound to fail. He lost his blind side. And when you lose your blind side player, that's really going to affect you. We saw Matt Pert step in there at left tackle, and he looked atrocious. Um, you know, he's a right tackle. He's not a left tackle. And, you know, it's sad. This is not the time of the season for Matt Pert to start learning the playbook. Maybe he should have started to learn the playbook in week one and not week seven. Really? Um, that being a mistake, I'm so shocked. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was rough. And both of these two players, I mean, two players who are clearly a part of this team's future are two first-round picks in the last two seasons. Both leave the game with injuries. Andrew Thomas lands on short-term IR with both foot and ankle injuries. And Kadarius Tony is doubtful this week. He did not practice again today. Um MetLife Stadium just can't withhold the types of moves that Barkley and Tony do with their feet. And no, I'm being serious about this. Uh, the turf does not play into their favor. Um, mm. I'd much rather have average skill players and two great mm. sides of the line than all these stars and no line. Um, I'm sorry, but that's that, that's the way I feel about this Giants team right now. It's a bad football team for that reason. They continue to just draft talent at the skill positions, but no talent at the underrated positions where it matters most, your offensive line and your defensive line. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I know you were saying it last night, Tom, that the turf is like, you know, that's not like the first thing that you think of when you see a team, you know, like that's not what you're, what they're playing on, but you had brought up the 49ers from last year. I think they had like four ACL tears on their team and it's the turf is just not a good place to be playing these football games and honestly i just think everyone should just have real grass at this point 
I mean, it's, I mean, we literally see in Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, they have real grass in a dome. They pull the grass out in the middle of the day and they get sun. So I know that's like a, a bazillion dollars, but why not? You have a bazillion dollars. Why not use it? Yeah. I yeah. I mean, true. every time, like I remember back when I was like manager of my high school's football team, anytime I would go to like road stadiums and see like all this turf, I'm like, what is this stuff? And I used to be so proud of the fact that we were like, we were the one high school that had the natural grass. So yeah, I feel that. It's tough. It really is tough. And I'm just looking. The Giants were down 38 to 3 at one point. McKinney gets a second interception. That's all lovey-dovey and great. Giants score a garbage time touchdown in typical Giants fashion. And um, according to Scorigami, shout out Mike DeSanto for pitching this back to us. This was the first time an NFL game ever ended with the final score of 38 to 11. Yeah, it's the 1,067th different final score in NFL history. I know he follows the same Twitter page that I follow, so I always get a kick out of those facts, even if this one didn't really make me too happy. Yeah. What a um, wild stat, though. Like, what a random thing to come out of this game. It's just like, okay, atrocious game, really good Rams team. Here's a score that's never been seen before. Like, why not throw that in there? A cool part about that Twitter account, by the way, and it and Scorigami, if you have a Twitter, I recommend following that account to, like ASAP. Like during every score update, they always give like the closest possible Scorigami that can happen. It's it's really interesting. I don't know what it is, but I've always had some sort of fascination with final score numbers, and somehow that that account popping up on my Twitter is always interesting to see anytime I have to check back during the games. Now. Let's dive into some of the positives from this game. Why don't we? Um, Elijah Penny scored the only touchdown. Uh, he seemed to be a better running back in the backfield than Devontae Booker. Um, Sterling Shepard returned to the lineup, had 10 catches. He raised his career total to 341 catches, moving him past Chris Calloway into eighth place on the Giants franchise career list. And Shepard entering his sixth NFL season, he's already in eighth place. That's pretty darn impressive. Tom, I got a trivia question. Do you know who's seventh on that list? And do you know who he's within striking distance of? Oof. Well, it's not a Monty Tumor. He is a Hall of Famer. That's your hint. I don't uh, know if I gave that away. Uh, Frank Gifford? Correct. Ooh. That wasn't such a curveball. <laughs> <laughs> it only took me two guesses. Um and then Leonard Williams had a solid game, too. Seven tackles, two QB hits, and one and a half sacks on a very underwhelming defensive line. Um, not to mention, the Rams were only 18% converting their third downs. However, they did not get to third down that often. Uh, they dominated the Giants on first and second down. And here's our first comment of the evening from Brian McArdle. Moving the extra point kick back, breathe new life into scorigami it's electric <laughs> that's that's a good point i didn't think about that shout out to brian uh we just recorded this morning andy hopper brian and myself from the stand sports feel free to check us out on youtube and facebook and twitter have some good stuff brian you've anchored an outstanding college football show over the past several years now and thank you for having me on board but um, were there any other pros either of you wanted to add before we reveal our Giants player of the week? Uh, well, all I have to say, though, is just the fact that this would have been a much different game if Kadarius Tony did not 
go out with an injury. I genuinely yeah. think that there would have been several more points on the board, and hopefully his injury is not too bad because he he really is kind of breathing a new life. I like that phrase that Brian used, breathing new life into this, uh, at least the receiver core and this Giants offense. Like Without him there, we would have been really struggling even last week. So I think that he's definitely, like we've been talking about, finding his role. Hopefully the injury is not too bad and he can come back and continue doing the things that he's doing. So bad that he got hurt, but good that we have continued to see how well he's been playing in the past few weeks. Yeah, I don't, that's a good point. I I think it would have been mildly better and emphasis on the mildly part, but yeah, I don't, I don't know how much of a difference he would have made, but I think it would have been, at least less embarrassing per se. And as far as any more pros, yeah, I can't think of any. Let's move on. Yeah, let's get to our Giants player of the week. And we had an honorable mention and one that we pretty much decided should be player of the week. And shout out to uh, Hank for putting this together. Xavier McKinney is our New York Giants player of the week. Hank, why don't you take us through the nuts and bolts on why we selected him? All right, so pretty much the player of the week came down to two players. Leonard Williams, who had a solid performance. He had seven tackles, two QB hits, and one and a half sacks. However, ultimately, at the end of the day, we all came to consensus that Xavier McKinney would be the better option. And the reason being was not only did he have two big interceptions and two pass deflections, but if you look at the game film of the of what happened last week, well, I would say watch the game film at your own risk, but I digress. He was the one that I think really stood out to us more so than anyone else on defense. And it doesn't matter that the interceptions came when it was when the game was within garbage time. They were still a pretty big deal. And because of his performance and because he was deflecting passes and and was definitely the best member of the secondary. I think, I think you pretty much have to give it to Xavier McKinney. And on the season, he now has 27 tech tackles. Those were his first two interceptions of the year, and those two extra pass passes that he defended were his his third and fourth on the season. And he has also been targeted 14 times, and he has only allowed seven completions for 73 yards. So otherwise, he's been pretty solid and. Not too bad after missing the first half of last year. Remember, he was a uh, he was a highly hyped uh, pick from Alabama, and looking forward to see what he does over the course of the season. Sam, anything you want to add on X? I definitely want to say that the interception that he had right before the half, um, which it bounced off of the fingertips of I don't know who it was, but a Ram, and then he caught it. It was really great and like performance wise I was like wow and watching that game I I thought going into the half with something like that happening would make us kind of have a fire under us a little bit and be like wow we can get back into this game even if we don't win at least we'll you know put up a fight and I think that he did that and he was just like yeah I'm ready to do this and and go into this next half and unfortunately that's not what happened but the the initiative to do that I think is really great on his part. And again, it was a beautiful, beautiful interception. He's performing really, really well. It's just the back and forth between the offense and the defense is not the, there's nothing going on there right now. So that's, that's what's unfortunate about it. Yeah. Um, he was a bright spot in 
dark football game. And X is our player of the week, Xavier McKinney. Great to see him uh, developing a little bit, especially with Jabril Peppers on a contract year. And quickly, I'm not going to touch upon all the cons we listed because we talked about a bunch of them in the game recap. But uh, the Giants defense, unfortunately, they're allowing over 400 yards and 30 points per game on average. Um, this was the worst deficit the Giants faced that 38 to three deficit since the last game versus the Rams in 2017. And Hank, you actually attended that football game. Yeah, unfortunately, that was that was not a pleasant day to experience. I mean, I had a fun time with one of my cousins and at least me, my entertainment and my me being disgruntled provided him some entertainment. But I think that was it. I, I yeah. personally didn't have too much fun and. I still don't know how I left, like, right as the clock read 0.00, but what yeah. can I say? <laughs> the second quarter we mentioned being outscored 28 nothing. You can't win a football game being outscored 28 nothing in any quarter, for that matter. Um, Matthew Stafford looked incredible. Four touchdown passes in the first half alone. Um, first quarterback to do that since Aaron Rodgers, and – yeah, the run defense was atrocious. Cooper Cup tore us up. Vivolo said we're in Giants, trouble. By the way. What's First up? quarterback to throw four touchdowns and a half against the Giants. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. That was not made clear on the script. But, yeah, no, thank you for uh, clarifying that. Stafford, since Rodgers, okay, that must have been like a couple years back because we haven't played Green 2019, there, so. I think, yeah. Um, Vivolo alluded to this. We're in trouble with Cooper Cup. And they contained Woods pretty well, except for the one touchdown. Higby didn't do much, but Cooper Cup, man, he, he was that guy. He was that go-to guy, and it's very unfortunate. He played a big role in handing the Giants their third home loss of the season. The Giants are now 0-3 at home. I mean, the Giants, for some reason, whatever it is, they can't win at MetLife Stadium. I, I, don't, I don't get it. It's a real shame. I mean, the energy within the stadium probably doesn't help. Yeah, we'll we'll discuss I mean, that you, a little bit later. What do you expect with like the way they've been the last like nine or ten years? Like, no offense, I'm not saying you're wrong, Sam, by any stretch. It's just like, and these yeah. stats are so inflated. Um, Daniel Jones, obviously, the career worst four turnovers, and then you're look. Oh, the Giants had 261 yards. It's not like they were awful, but 61 of them came on the last drive when the Rams were playing prevent defense. So. I mean, you realistically only got 200 yards. Uh, it didn't help that Tony and Thomas left the game. The Giants had to start their sixth different offensive line combo, which led to Leonard Floyd getting one and a half sacks. Um, the running backs for the Giants couldn't do anything. And it's just, it's a real shame. Uh, CJ Board broke his arm too. That's another guy who's out for the season. He's not coming back. Andrew Thomas will miss the next three weeks. Nate Solder dislocated his finger. Um, I don't even want to talk about the cons anymore. I mean, luckily, I I, I think that's it. But um, yeah. I'm going to give you this one con with regards to the run game, and that's the fact that Daryl Henderson alone had more rushing yards than the Giants combined. He had 78, the Giants had 60, and the Rams combined had more than double the Giants' yards. So there. I mean, our injury bug is not letting up at all, and it's not helping whatsoever. I mean, we went into this season with high expectations from all of these people, and all of these players are hurt. And it's just really, really unfortunate that 
it's not helping us at all the, that having all of these injuries. If we had every single person healthy, I think that we would have be having a much different conversation. We would be saying, yeah, it didn't seem as good, but we have next week. And like, it, it's, it's the, the growth that we can look forward to, but these injuries are just what's stopping it because it's, what is there to look forward to if literally your entire offensive line is injured? Yeah. And receivers. The whole left tackle, yeah. left guard center is all new. It's really a shame. And Hill Diddy, thank you for the comment. Appreciate it. Make sure you comment on YouTube as well. We're live streaming on Facebook and YouTube. Any comments you folks want to drop, we'd love to get back to you. Um, key takeaways. Uh, the Giants defense has allowed 38-plus points for the second straight game for the first time in six years. The Giants also allowed their first sack in three-plus games. That's kind of hard for me to imagine with how bad this team has been. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the big picture is, Hank, you brought this up. The Giants are failing Daniel Jones. Not the other way around. Let me Let me just make that clear. And I obviously remember three, two or three years ago, I said the exact same thing about a certain number 10 who we all love and miss and is happy he's doing well in retirement. But yeah, no, we have been saying this pretty, I feel like we, we sound like a broken record saying this, like every single show, Daniel Jones isn't the problem. Not saying he did well, but is it really no. his fault when you, with, with given the circumstances? Heck no. I mean, he's working with B, even C-list receivers. There's no time to throw the ball with the offensive line being like this. But we saw how he was performing when people were healthy. He was doing great. We had no issues. It had to do with a lot of the play calling. So, Daniel, I agree with you, Hank. Daniel Jones really is doing everything he can in his position, and he's just not getting any help from any of the fields and it's not his fault, you know, and nobody's fault for getting injured, but it's just, it is what it is. And you know what? The unfortunate truth is bad organizations put talented players in a position to fail. And unfortunately that's what the giants have done. Sorry to, sorry to say it, but it's the unfortunate truth. Steve has a comment. Wasn't Eli the reason we weren't winning now repeat with Jones. It has to be something deeper. Uh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, we saw Eli in the last few years. Everybody, you know, the 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 one who should not be named coach put him on the on the bench for Geno Smith, and it was like that's not going to help anything. Right. So there's definitely, I agree with Steve, a deeper something happening in terms of front office, perhaps. Yeah. Couple of. Uh... Things I want to bring up before uh, Snacks comes on at 730. Um, So, you know, Joe Judge, again, this team is in disarray. The offensive line, um, this is very unfortunate. The Giants were badly outcoached in this game, and the Panthers arrive having already produced 16 sacks on the season, which is the sixth most in the NFL. Nate Solder is going to be playing with his finger issue. And Andrew Thomas placed on short-term IR. So Solder and Pert will more than likely be the two tackles for the Giants on Sunday. And now this kind of segues into our next segment before we bring up our guest. Um, keep them or trade them. Uh, the trade deadline is November 2nd. The Giants, I think, should be sellers this year. Uh, let's start off with our first guy. Uh, so we have a list of three. 
three, two of them are on their contract years. One player is a player who could potentially save us some money and be an asset where I, I think we can get a good return off of. But the first player we're going to go over is Jabril Peppers. Keep him or trade him. Sam, we'll start with you. Um, I have that Jabril, Jabril Peppers can have some really good trade value with him. And I was kind of teetering back and forth until I heard what he had to say at a press conference when people were asking him about being traded. And his answer was not yes or no, but rather, I just want to win. And I think that that was a little bit of a dig. And I'm not 100% feeling that. I, I, I'm, you know, I get it that you're frustrated that you're losing, but it was obvious that it seems like maybe it is time to move on from him. And I think that as a fairly good safety on our defense, we can get some really good trade value out of him. So I'm going trade. Here's the thing. As much as I, I, there's two ways that you can really take interpret what he said. One. Yes. Sam's right. I do agree that that can be shown as a dig, but maybe he also didn't really want to give his actual answer. And maybe he was being a little bit big, but you know, with that said, Here's the problem I have with trading Jabril Peppers. Then if you trade him, and Tom and I, Tom, we've pr- probably discussed this uh, like through text multiple times. If you trade this guy, then you're just admitting you lost out on the Odell Beckham trade. And I hate saying, that kills me saying that, because you guys know how much I couldn't stand Odell Beckham Jr. But in any event, he's still one of your better players in secondary. And like with the way it's been this year, I think he's one of the few players you could really afford to lose out of all the players that we list that it's possible to trade. So I, I would probably say, keep him. I'd say keep him as well. Only because Logan Ryan is around that 30 year old age. McKinney is still young. And I think he's the one player the Giants should extend this off season. So that's my brief analysis there. Um, despite his struggles. Moving on, Evan Ingram. Keep him or trade him? Hank, we'll start with you on this one. Oh, trade him. And I hate to use this as a comparison, but here's why I think they're not going to trade him. And again, this is another thing that we've discussed. (laughs) Evan Ingram, for all the criticism that we have given him, and, you know, most of it's been warranted, this is still a talented tight end. And you know dang well that any one of these contending teams that needs a tight end could actually use him despite his propensity for somehow dropping the ball. The reason that we've hated on Evan Ingram has nothing to do with this character. Evan Ingram, in my opinion, is not someone that's actually hard to root for. He's someone that I've actually wanted to succeed. I'm just frustrated seeing him have those moments. And, you know, I'm going to use this comparison. You look at the Yankees and Brian Cashman, he's had a lot of players that are like, talented but they haven't really been able to develop him and as a result they've kept him on when probably trading said players would have been better for their development and I feel the same way for Evan Ingram I think it would be better for him if he gets a better change of scenery but unfortunately like Brian Cashman with guys like Clint Frazier we know that Dave Gettleman doesn't want to see said player succeed with somebody else and instead they're just letting him rot on a team that's not great, although in the Yankees' case, they are great. But you get what I mean. All right, so one for trade, Sam. I mean, pretty pretty out out here about Evan Ingram. I'm going trade as well. Um, but because we, I mentioned it to you guys last night, Evan Ingram is going to be great somewhere else. 
Mm-hmm. And he is, he, you know, he is, I know we make the joke all the time. He's a pro bowl tight end and, and we can get some very good things for him and he just doesn't fit into our offense anymore. So trade him. Yep. I'm with you. Clean sweep to trade Evan Ingram. The Cardinals actually reached out inquiring about Evan Ingram before Zach Ertz and Dave Gettleman showed a lot of resistance. So do I think the giants will trade him? No. Do I want the giants to trade him? Absolutely. Because I've been saying it for weeks, months. I want Caden Smith to be our tight end one for the rest of the season. Have Rudolph as the tight end too. Caden Smith can do everything well. He does nothing spectacular, but he's a a great run blocker. He's an above-average pass blocker, and he's a pretty darn good receiver. He doesn't drop any passes, and he doesn't cause us any turnovers, not to mention he has good chemistry with Daniel Jones. 2019, both both of their rookie seasons, this guy's a former fifth round pick. You know, I mean, he he's been more productive than Ingram. So he's done more in two and a half years than what Ingram has done in five. So I I, I think Hayden Smith should be our tight end one um, for the rest of the season if Ingram is dealt. And then the last guy is again, uh, a lot of people might not like this one, but Sterling Shepard. Keep him or trade him. I I would say keep. Um, I don't know if that's my heart talking or not, but I know that they, um, I was reading an article that the Patriots were inquiring about Sterling Shepard. So people obviously are interested in him, but he is a staple in this offense. We've called him Mr. Reliable in the past. I think that Daniel Jones is comfortable with him and I say, keep him in the offense. This is going to kill me. I love Sterling Shepard. Don't get me wrong. He's actually, you know, come to think of it, he actually might be one of, if not my favorite players on this offense. And as much as I'd love to see him be a giant for his whole career, I feel like we can. he's also a guy that we can replace with another solid wide receiver, whether it be in draft and free agency. And personally, if Sterling Shepard went elsewhere and had success, I'd be happy for him. So this is a, a trade, but unlike Evan Ingram, this one actually kills me on the inside to say it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the smart move would be to uh, – it's tough right now because the Giants have a lot of injury-prone receivers. I would actually keep Shepard, but I wouldn't be against trading him. He's a guy – Shepard's a guy I would like to have because I like him a lot, but I wouldn't be totally disgruntled if the Giants traded him away because I know it would be benefiting the future of this organization, but uh, I hope they do not trade him. Yeah. Um, so what we're going to do now is we're going to bring up our guest of the evening and then we'll get to some turnover tea with Sam. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll throw snacks right into the fire. Uh, snacks, <laughs> how's it going? Thank you so much for joining us, my friend. Well, thank you for having me guys. I, I truly appreciate it. And, um, if I could just real quick say one thing about what you guys were just talking about, because that was a good conversation. And Sam, I think you said it best. I don't know if it's your heart saying it or like your brain. I love Sterling Shepard, and I think he's just an awesome, awesome, awesome giant and a guy that you want long-term. But for the, the direction this franchise is going, if you can get, if you can get a mid-round pick for somebody that's going to – for a Sterling Shepard that's going to take away $10 million off the cap next year for a team that's going to unfortunately have to rebuild again, I'm all in on that. That's my two cents. However – very nice to be here. Thank you guys for having me. 
Awesome. Yeah, no, thank you so much for joining us. Just uh, Snacks, if you could introduce yourself and tell us how you got that nickname a, a little bit. Um, I know some people may not know the background behind it, but uh, tell us your story. Yes, yes. So um, I, you call me Snacks, you call me Nick, whatever you, whatever you want. Um, I got the nickname when I was uh, when I was a kid. My cousins used to call me my cousins used to call me Nikki Snacks because uh, I seemed to love like potato chips more than I loved like a, a flamingon steak or anything like that. So um, <laughs> I would I would just sit there. I would eat my Pringles, my Doritos, everything like that, and uh, it, it kind of just turned. Out. I also always had um, I always had like a thing of sweet tarts in my pocket. It was like my energy. I never drank coffee. Never do. I just have like sweet tarts and I just pop them like it's. I guess Percocet, but, uh, <laughs> so that, that, that's, that's, that's where that comes from. Um, I, I host, I, I co-host a fantasy football show on big dogs got to eat, but more importantly, I, I talk, uh, giants history with, with Justin Pennick, who is, um, to me, the, the biggest media star in New York giants, um, Twitter, I guess you could say he's, he's that good. Um, maybe that's biased and he helps me out a lot, but either way, we, we run a show called bleeding blue and we talk about giants history and, um, contrary to what this team gives us now, we talk about the good times. So, uh, so it's, it's always fun doing that. And, um, yeah, just kind of a regular basic redheaded North Jersey, miserable bastard. So, <laughs> Yeah, no, I've listened to quite a few episodes of your show, Bleeding Blue. That's that's a great listen. And I myself also happen to love Giants history. And I I remember there was one episode you were talking about the two Super Bowl runs. It brought back so much memories for me. Like, I can remember a lot of those seasons probably better than what I had for breakfast most days. But with that being said, I think it's really great. And I also love getting to hear you talk about the other two defense-dominated Super Bowl teams with uh, Bill Parcells and a certain guy you may or may not have heard of. His name is Bill Belichick. He was our defense coordinator. I don't know whatever came up. Yeah, I've, I've heard of him. He I've turned out him. to be pretty successful, don't you think? But I, I, I've heard way, of him, Hank, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Bleeding Blue and Giants history. How did that st- all start out with uh, your buddy Justin? He's another. He's also a good fall, by the way. I happen to agree with you guys. Yes, yes. Just, Justin's great. Um, I'm not going to toot his, toot his horn too much <laughs> because I don't want his ego being bigger than it already is. But... Um, so he started he started bleeding blue as like a like a passion project. I I, I want to say 2018, and he was talking about like the the Giants and the Yankees and just doing his podcast for for I, excuse my language shits and giggles and whatnot. He just wanted to it was like a space for him to vent and whatnot. And then he <coughs> excuse me he came to me and he's like I want to rebrand bleeding blue. I was like, okay, that's really cool. What do you, how do you want to rebrand it? Like, what do you want to do? And he's like, I want to make it about Giants history because there's no Giants podcast that really dives into the history. And like Hank, you were saying, like the, the 86 Super Bowl, the 90 Super Bowl, I wasn't alive, he wasn't alive, but we get to go back, watch that, and then dissect it and then talk about it, which is just very, very cool to me. It makes me learn a lot more about the team that I, so unfortunately love and all of that put together. So Justin really, he, he rebranded the whole title of bleeding blue and made it in purely giants history. And it's only an off season product too. So I, as you probably, you said, you listened to it, but 
we don't do it in season. We only do it in the off season where everything's kind of light and whatnot. And then, uh, and we really just, we really kick it into there. So, uh, how it started was, I guess, his origin of what he wanted to do, and then a complete rebrand of it all. That's pretty. I cool. mean, that that yeah, I mean, figuring it's in the off season. I feel like you got you got too much going on during the regular season to too have much. to start thinking about other teams when we got to focus on this team in front of us. Which kind of leads me to our next question, and we you were listening to us kind of talk a little bit about the Rams game from this Sunday, and it was not. Our best game, a little bit rough to Far watch. Um, but if you could find one positive out of this game, you know, if just just one glimmer of hope, what what do you what are you seeing from this Giants team? Okay, so uh, this is a great question, and I kind of thought on it for a while. Um, Tom kind of maybe sent me a little spoiler of uh, what, <laughs> what what's going to be asked, but um, I, is my positive going to be an actual positive that? Daniel Jones didn't die on the field. Like, is that, <laughs> is that relatively, uh, no, but uh, I would say a positive. It, it's really difficult to find one. And unfortunately that's the case, but our two interior D tackles, Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams played very well. It's not going to show up because the defense gave up 38 points, but those two guys played very well. And I think, um, even coming into the year, they were catalysts for the team that we needed to have on defense. So to see them actually step up and play well was good to see. Sterling Shepard being back in the mix, catching 10 balls, was great to see. Um, there are absolutely I, – I, I really want to beat around the bush more than I'm trying to, but there weren't a ton of pos- positives, which is terrible to say out loud. Um, but I do, I, I, I am confident and the Dory Jackson too. I, we should talk about a Dory Jackson. I think he's been a very good ball player for the giants all year. Uh, he got injured in preseason in August and people kind of almost forgot about him and especially forgot about him with, with James Bradbury, who we thought was going to be another all pro cornerback again this year. But a Dory Jackson is starting to earn his money and he's looking like a very good cornerback. So I think that's another positive with, Dexter and Leo and Shepard all being productive and healthy. Um, I'll go with that long-winded answer in trying to find a positive. I definitely agree with the Adoree Jackson point. Obviously, the, the Giants front-loaded a lot of that. Con- that was one of the yeah. few contracts they front-loaded right. in the offseason. And one other thing about your uh, show that I wanted to bring up before, because um, I, I didn't get to chime in just a minute ago, I came in around the end of that Jim Fossil era, and I've heard you guys talk about that as well. So I really enjoy those moments where the 2000 Super Bowl season, 2002, was kind of like the beginning of the end. You had the meltdown in San Francisco, oh. and, then Tom, and then Tom Coughlin comes in, right? Unfortunately, that game was one of like the first games that I, I watched, but um was not the first game, luckily, but they were hot. I still wonder to this day how far that team could have went if they – didn't melt down. Um, not to bring back any sour. I feel like that's well, you already one, did, so it doesn't matter. That, that I feel like that's <laughs> one thing you shouldn't talk about as Giants fans is that game and that. That's one like Cardinal sin. You can't talk about that. But um, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember my next question now. Um, we're oh Sam. Now the last thing I want to talk about about last week's game. We have a little turnover tea. I know Sam, you do a little segment on your 
show, The Girl Who Talks Sports, every week. It's called Tea Time. Bringing out some tea. <laughs> What's the tea for this week? The tea this week uh, has to do with how poorly we played in this game. So, obviously, this was not great. Fans were not happy. People started to leave second quarter. Like, people were already starting to Sam, I'm sorry to interrupt real quick. I was at the game and people literally like mid second quarter were were leaving. So yeah, it it was it was obvious that everybody was upset and that nice, you know, wave of booze came in. And it was, you know, that's not really what you want to hear at your home stadium. You want to hear cheering and everything. Um, But by the time the fourth quarter came around, less than half of the stadium was there booze had just ensued throughout the entire game and it just was not a good look for us and leonard williams had something to say so i have his his full uh quote here that i'll read off to you guys so he said to the booze they do bother me honestly obviously we are in our own home stadium i don't want to be hearing booze from our own fans i understand that they have a right to be upset as well as um as well because they're coming to see us play good football on the field we haven't been winning up to date, but at the same time, I don't know. I don't like it. So Leonard Williams came out, said he doesn't like them booing, which I mean, obviously. But I know Joe Judge has come out and said that he says the fans pay for the right to boo. And I and I kind of feel on both sides like, yeah, as a player, you don't want to hear your fans booing you. But also, you know, they're paying money to come see you. And if you're not playing good football... They're gonna boo. So that yeah. is our turnover tea for this week. That, that, okay, well, and that's that's a great tea. And if you don't mind me saying, because I, I've been wanting to talk on this subject for for kind of a couple of days now. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not positive, and I'm sorry about this. I'm not positive where everybody's from. Um, all I'm over around here in Everyone's Jersey, from New York, uh, New, New York, York, New Jersey. Yeah. Okay, Westchester. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, New Jersey is the greatest state of all fifty. But anyway, so um, <laughs> okay. I like it. I don't. I, I like. I, I'm I like, not. I'm like not. North Jersey. Listen, listen. North, listen, North Jersey. It, I like. It's a fact, not an opinion. But anyway. Um, <laughs> so 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 Sam, like Leonard Williams, he played with the Jets for four years. Okay, so he was no in stranger. this market. He was in this market, and now he's this. I guess this is what third year, or he played a half a year, and then a full year, and then now this year. You cannot get on that podium and say i don't like the fans booing especially in this area because that's going to make fans turn on you real quick because this fan base this whole area pays a lot of money a lot of money to go watch a product on the field that isn't good so when you're the one of the highest played players in the nfl and you're not performing to what our standards are which are high and as they should be you cannot say that. You physically cannot say that. And it angers me so much because I sat there. I sat in my seat. Look at me. I'm sunburned. I got it. I'm all. I got everything. <laughs> I sat there in the sun and I watched that pathetic, disgusting disgrace of a football game. And I booed my ass off. You cannot sit there and tell me that booing is – it should happen. No, you cannot. Too much money is being spent to watch this team underperform when we had expectations going in. It's just it's it's unacceptable. It's an unacceptable thing to say. The easy answer is they have every right to boo, and I don't blame them. Boom. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's all 100%. you have to say. Well, sorry to go on. Sorry to go on. But 
I'm no, glad Sam brought that up because that yeah. Leonard Williams quote pissed me off so much, so much, more so than getting thrashed on the football field. Do you know what I did when I went to the game the last time the Giants played the Rams? I may not have left early, but I stayed for all four quarters of that. And you know what I did? I booed the living shit out of everybody. And you deserve to. I You deserve was, to boo. I was like saying everything in the book. I was that pissed and not happy and for good reason, because that was, that was a horrible team. And I'll just, it's something that will just stick with me. And you know what? You're right. This is the New York market. New yeah. York fans expect the best. And right. you know what? They should. But yeah. like, like so, it. so it, it's almost, I'm a Knicks fan. Okay. The Knicks yeah. have been pathetic for 25 years. Mm-hmm. I still expect them to go out and put a good product on the field on the court every single year. And if they don't, I'm going to boo. Yeah. The Giants have won two Super Bowls in my lifetime. I'm 28 years old. I've seen two Super Bowls for the last 12 years. It's been a disgrace. Mm -hmm. I'm absolutely going to boo. That's this market. That's what we do. The Yankees, Gene Carlos Stanton could hit a home run every game for 40 games in a row. He could strike out three, three times in one game. He's going to get booed. Oh, that's what we do. Games. I do the same thing. (laughs) <laughs> we, we, this market, Hank, this market, you, you're, you said it perfectly. This market expects greatness. I, yeah. And I'm sorry if that's, it, it's not for everybody. It's not for every player. Mm-hmm. A lot of players have come here and failed in all sports. And I'm starting to like Leo saying that is like, okay, was this contract a great idea? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't we'll know. see. We'll Snatch. see. Right. Yes. Absolutely. One last, one last question before we move on to the Carolina game. So this is the last of, of the bad here. Uh, the defense has struggled. These early season struggles. What do you attribute that to? Do you think it's adjusting to this new press man scheme? Cause I think it's overlooked. A lot of people are saying the defense is bad, but for me, I think the defense is trying to get adjusted. You have a lot of players who are trying to learn a new, the new schematics of Patrick Graham's scheme. And they also haven't had their third and fourth round pick. Yep. So I, to me, um, you may have seen me like rant on Twitter about Patrick Graham. I call him a con artist. Um, I, I'm sorry. Like I, I'm a no, very, I love it. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very aggressive in when I get pissed and, and everything. But uh, so, so my thing with that, with that is Tom, it, I, I'm not sure why they went away from what they were doing successfully last year Too high safety you know, you're up in the guy's face. I'm, I'm trying to like find the words to figure out why that all changed. They were a top 10 defense last year. And outside of yes, losing Blake Martinez hurts. Absolutely. But they upgraded in the secondary. I think my biggest thing with the defense is they've all regressed like marginally. James Bradbury was an all pro last year. He's not any good this year. Xavier McKinney, we thought he was going to be a great safety. He's been terrible. Logan Ryan had a great year last year. He's been terrible. So I think it's I think it has a lot to do with defensive regression. There's no pass rush at all, which is that's the most startling thing. And that's like kind of the barrier of where everything starts. You have a great secondary. Awesome. But if you can't get to the quarterback in 10 seconds or less like the Giants are doing and they just let the quarterback roam free, 
your secondary is never going to be able to, to cover a guy for that long. So I, I, I think, I think scheme wise, it's, it has not been good. Um, I, I feel like Patrick Graham has not adjusted to maybe the deficiencies in the players that he has on the team right now. And then I also think it's just guys not stepping up to the barrel that they did last year. Leonard Williams had 11 sacks last year. He's got what? Two. You know, we have no edge rush. We have nothing. It's almost mind boggling to me that they keep rolling out the same scheme, the same everything every single week and expecting it to work. And it just won't. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm insane. I'm a psycho, but even I know doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. And that's exactly what they've done the, the first six games. So yes, it, it, it blows my mind Tom, to, to answer your question, Tom. I, I think it's a little bit of, I think it's a little bit of everything. I think scheme wise, they're not caught up. There's no adjustments. The players regressed. There's no pass rush. It's just all a miserable, miserable, miserable hell. Yeah. It's, it's like why even wake up on Sunday mornings? Anyway? <laughs> yeah, uh, Steve, exactly. Yeah. Right. We have a comment here. Steve agrees with you. Snacks read my mind. We have completely done a 180 from last year defensively. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Steve, yeah, for, for sure. We we were so proud to call Patrick Graham, our defense coordinator, last year, and we're like, okay, if something's going wrong, he could fix it. He can make an adjustment. He hasn't made an adjustment all year. That's what's blowing my mind. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. You're getting torched. Just try – even if it doesn't work, just try something. Like, Am I crazy for thinking that? No, the disguise blitzes in a better way. Right, um, yes, exactly. Disguise blitzes in a different way because you can't get to the pass. You can't get to the quarterback. So disguise a blitz in a different way. Bring yeah. Jabril. Why is Jabril not on the field? He can rush the passer. Use him like Jamal Adams does in Seattle. I, I, I don't get it. I mm-hmm. don't get it. And it angers me. And I hate being angry, but I'm always angry. <laughs> it, it angers all of us for sure. But now on to I'm, some – I, I guess hey, more Max, positive things. Out, man. Yeah, so, some more positivity heading into this weekend. Um, yes. Snacks, I imagine you'll be at the game against Carolina yes. on Sunday. Uh, one and yep. five against three and three, but they've lost three in a row, and this is Sam Darnold's return to MetLife Stadium, first time since leaving the Jets. And, you know, last time the Giants played the Panthers, you, you had the Josh Norman, OBJ feud. You had Graham Gano, who's now on our side, who kicked the game-winning 63-yarder. There's a yeah, lot of, of storylines. Yeah, There's a lot of storylines in this game. Sam, Hank, and I were talking about it on our uh, weekly call last night. And the Giants haven't beaten the Panthers since 2012. That was yeah. – Thursday night football, yeah. Win was the inaugural game at MetLife. No, I you're think. thinking of the – no, that you're thinking of the 2010 game. The the one oh. the you're talking about was week three of the 2012 season. If I yes, remember correctly. yes, yes, uh, yes. So they went they went to Carolina on Thursday night football and won. But yes, Tom, Tom, what you're talking about is yes, the the inaugural game at MetLife Stadium. Yeah, I mixed you, my quotas up there. It's all right. It's all right. We're all depressed too. It's okay. Yeah, it's um, hard. <laughs> it's hard being a Giants fan. <laughs> it's it's not it's not easy, but yeah. it's a sickness that we all love. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> No, I mean, I mean, that's there's a lot of storylines. Sam, are there any storylines that strike you in this game? Because I, I mean, Daniel Jones, obviously, he grew up a Panthers fan. Yeah, James Bradbury is a former Panther. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I mean, think the number one is is. Oh, I'm sorry, Sam. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, to to me, uh, Dave Gettleman 
managed this Carolina Panther team to a Super Bowl. Right. And I think that's a huge storyline. And when you think about it on the surface, Dave Gettleman, he, he's a, he, he's yeah. like a dead man walking. I don't even know why he's still employed. Everybody knows he's going to be fired. So it, it's a matter of when, not if. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I feel like that's kind of a cool thing where he's he ruined one franchise and then ruined another, and they're both going to play together when they're both at their absolute worst. Um, <laughs> now, Sam Darnold, I'll, I'll say this. He's got great hair. <laughs> he does. He does have hair. great hair. He's got great hair. The color <laughs> of it is gorgeous. That's a non-biased opinion, too, by the way. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, no, it, it, it's true. Time, time, right? Like, like James Bradbury is probably going to be lying up against. You would think DJ Moore. I would, I would suspect. Yeah, who's the uh, leading you, guy? You would think, and we may get to predictions later. But I'm going to say right now. I think the Giants win on Sunday. I, I don't I don't know why they're going to be beaten, battered, bruised, but I don't think the Cardinal uh, the Panthers are any good at all. I didn't think that from week one or or week three when they were three and zero. I don't trust Sam Darnold at all. I don't care if he's coming back to MetLife. That is a good storyline. You know we can talk about that, but I I don't. I excuse my language. I don't give a shit. I don't think he's that good, and. I think this is one of those rare games where you're going to see the Giants win. Um, I don't want to say comfortably because I think in 28 years of being a Giant fan, I've seen the Giants win comfortably like twice, maybe twice. Um, But I think the Giants win this week, and that's bad. Yeah. Bad. It's bad. It sucks. Because like you, you want to. I I talk to my brother Anthony all the time because he he wants to lose and it's like, I'm like yeah I hear you I know I want to lose too and get the number one draft pick so we could take the Oregon edge rusher. I can't root for the Giants to lose ever. I'm going to the game on Sunday and I'm gonna root for them as much as I do every single other Sunday. But storyline aside, I I think the Gettleman versus the Panthers, Donald back at MetLife, Bradbury. Yeah, I I know. I, I hate you, Tom. Sorry. Sean Chandler's <laughs> starting in their secondary too. Fun fact. Oh, Over so there the you defense. go. There's another. Yeah. There's another storyline. Actually, there is one that I that we forgot to mention. Our kicker. Remember what happened last Graham time we played them? Yeah. yeah, of course, of course, because because when you want to beat the Giants with Graham Gano on the Panthers, he just kicks 63 yard field goals. When we need him to make a field goal in Dallas, he misses a 35 one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's about right. Yeah, it's just, it's just the giant curse, then. It's just hey, that it's big un- blue curse. Sam, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Sam, anything we're missing here? Any storylines? Uh... I I think that we hit them all. The the one that I was going to bring up is what Snack said, which was the Dave Gettleman storyline because of the fact that he came from Carolina and has brought all these people with him like it, it's yep. there's so many i mean i think he is the the nucleus of this that's why we have so many yep. apart from sam darnold returning to metlife um but yeah i i think that we really hit all of these storylines and it's going to be an interesting game i think that there's going to be some emotions some tensions perhaps yeah. going to be I, like people are going to expect like the giants just to lose but i do think that it's going to be a lot closer than people are expecting 
Yeah, I say, and I'm with you. Like Vegas has a minus three for Panthers, which is it's telling. But I, I truly think this is just one of those games where like the Giants go out and win two and five, and then okay, then you go Monday night against the Chiefs, and you're probably going to play them well, and then everybody thinks all is okay. So I, I don't know. Maybe that's just optimistic snacks talking, or it's just stupidity snacks talking, but. Um, I'll be there. I'll be cheering. I'll be rooting hard. And, uh, yeah. Shit. Shit. Uh, Shit. <laughs> but, um, Shit. another thing too, and this kind of wasn't really touched upon yet. Joe Judge and Matt Rule, two, those two head coaches going at it. They have some history. So that's a great storyline that we didn't talk about, Tom. Yeah. yeah. Great one. Because I, I'm also talking way too much. I'm sorry, guys. Please interrupt me anytime. Matt Rule was the coach I wanted after we fired Shermer. Me too. I I wanted Matt Rule. I wanted him bad. Like real bad. We were so close. So close. I did too. I just couldn't necessarily justify matching Carolina's contract. No, the the contract Carolina offered him was ridiculous. Yes. It absolutely was. But he has always said in like past interviews when he was with Baylor, it's like – the Giants are my dream job. I wanted to be Bill Parcells. This guy was born to be the New York Giants head coach. He was born to be it. And there's no salary cap for a coach. And that's kind of what bugs me a little bit because the Panthers in year two of Matt Rule, granted, yes, they've lost three in a row now. But their future looks a lot brighter than the Giants does right now. Is it? Does it not? That's what he yes. does, Great. though. Look at his look at his college track record. Yes, he, was a he's a program builder. Yes, Hank. Exactly. Years later, they're yep. in bowl games. Same yep. thing with Baylor, and yep. that's looking that's looking like it's translating into the NFL. And that yep. was precisely the reason Fact. why I wanted Matt Rule as well. Correct. Yeah, I, I, I was all in on Rule, and and to your point, Hank, like the contract was absolutely ridiculous. I get it, but if you want a coach that bad. You pay for him. It doesn't count against the salary cap, okay? Like, if you want him, go get him. Clearly, mm-hmm. Marriott did not want to pay for that, which on a business perspective, yeah, sure, I get it. But you hired you hired a special teams coach from New England that had no prior experience in any head coaching role. And I was the first proponent of Joe Judge being the savior of the Giants. And he's not been good. Matt Rule, at least... Showed you at Temple, at Baylor. He could build something. He was a leader of men. So I, I, I don't know. That, it, it's very salty to me too. Because then with, with, with Matt Rule comes Joe Brady as the offense coordinator. I don't know. And here's I'm the just... thing. College coaches don't always necessarily translate into the NFL. But Matt Rule's different. That's they, a trick. No, yeah, right. No, no. And, and I'm sorry. Finish real quick. College coaches usually don't. Yeah, they usually don't. Matt Rule is different. He was just, he he's a builder. He's a relationship. He's a program builder. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Hank. But yeah, no, no, no. You're right. And listen, I I agree with you. And you know what? I'm still not. I'm not entirely off the Joe Judge train yet. I still think he has a chance to redeem himself. But do I think he's been doing a great job? No, absolutely not. No, but I, I yeah, exactly. It's a lot and, of talk too. I yeah. mean, he, well, he's see, very Tom, good. 
Yeah, see, Tom, that's my thing. I fell in love with his talk, his mm-hmm. press games, or uh, uh, his press conferences, his post games, everything like that. We came off. We came off a four-year tenure of McAdoo and Shermer, who were arguably two of the softest men I've ever met in my life. Well, I never actually met him. Softest (laughs) man I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) And then we see we see Joe Judge, and he's telling us everything that us Giants fans have wanted to hear. We're gonna put the we're gonna put the players in the right position to succeed. Everything like that, and it hasn't been the case. Like I, I am as guilty as everybody involved. I crowned Joe Judge the savior of the Giants way too early, mm-hmm. and right now I am. I want him out. I want everybody out. I want a yeah. clean slate. I want. I want a new GM in here, and I want him to hire a coaching staff, a head coach that he wants. That's the only way to build a team. Right, which is definitely tough. And, you know, just looking at what the Giants have done in the past, that does not seem likely, unfortunately. Um, you know, I take a little different approach. I don't think Judge should be fired, but I think there's a chance that he could be because of who he's currently under. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, the A team that has a similar model to the Giants, historically-wise, is the team who just beat Carolina last week, and that's the Minnesota Vikings. They beat Carolina 34 mm-hmm. to 28 in overtime. They love all the same players that the Giants do. They draft very similar linebackers, defensive linemen, you name it. Um, very two old school organizations. And, you know, uh, last week, Sam Darnold, he didn't look great, but a lot of his receivers were dropping passes. Sounds something that Darius Slayton and Golden Tate did at times last season. But, you know, looking into this week, the Giants are paper thin. Giants had to make some moves, had to sign some guys off the street. Benardrick McKinney from the Houston Texans signed off the street. 77 career starts, six playoff games. The Giants are desperate. Yes, this guy was a pro bowler in 2018. But that was three years ago. What has he done yep. for me lately, right? He right. four games last year. He got traded to Miami, and he couldn't make their team. So this is pretty much a desperation move. They're trying to replace Blake Martinez – Raglan, Crowder, and Coughlin, just they haven't been able to cut it. As good as those players are in their roles, they're not a Blake Martinez. For sure. Sam, Sam, I know you want to say something. So, no, no. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm actually kind of mulling over the Joe Judge conversation from before. I'm just kind of thinking, I really don't think he's going to get fired. I just want to say that. I think, yeah, I, Gettleman will be. I, I don't agree think with Sam, actually. Gettleman's good as gone. We all know that. I um, genuinely think that Joe Judge is going to stick around, though, because he ha- has only been here for two years. And I think that there was a lot of hope in the first season. I think that even though we did not make it to the playoffs last year, you know, one loss. We, we easily should have been. Right. And I think that he can do some really great things as a coach. But I don't think he's going to get fired. It's, it's yeah. too soon, and, and they're they're not ready to let him go yet. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so, really – again, I don't think he's right, necessarily so. going to get fired, but like I said earlier, or like I kind of alluded to earlier, I do think if he's not going to get fired, at the very least, he's on thin ice. Oh, we got to get to this comment from Steve about, about Gettleman. And 
I kind of see where he's coming from. I highly doubt they fire Gettleman. I don't trust ownership to have the stones to do it. And this is something that's very interesting. And I've been saying this for a, a while, right? Do I think Gettleman should get fired? Yeah. But do I think that will come into fruition? There's a chance he retires at the end of the season. If he knows he's on his way out, the Giants will do it the Giants way. Either Gettleman will resign or Gettleman's going to retire because he's 70 years of age, guys. He's not a yeah. spring chicken. Right? Yes. Yes. Steve, I, I, Dave Gettleman's gone. Like, I, I think it's – at this point, it's a fait accompli. It, he's gone. Um, I thought he was, like, starting to get, you know, shown the door when Judge got hired and everything like that. Um, Tom, you made a point before that I wanted to talk about, and now I completely forgot because I'm a moron. But um, you were talking about – can you, like, give me, like, two snippets real quick because then I can – I think I was – so I was talking about Bernardrick McKinney, how trying to replace Blake Martinez is something key. And Blake, yes. This is what yeah. I want to bring up. Yes. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. So good teams, good teams, the Chiefs, the Ravens. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll just say the Ravens to begin with. The Ravens draft well within the rounds three to seven. And they have guys that you could plug in. Those depth pieces can plug in to an injury that you have on a starting a starting guy on offense or defense. The Giants have an injury, and it's it's a catastrophe. That is my biggest my biggest my biggest qualm in the world. We have not drafted for depth, or at least we've tried. But the scouting department is atrocious. Everything is atrocious. And we have no depth anywhere. And this is year four, Tom. Year four with Dave Gallon. Four draft classes. And we're still begging, begging for something resembling of competency on the offensive line. In the secondary. As a linebacker, everything. Steve will pay for the moving truck to get Gettleman out of here. Good, Steve. I'll play with you. But that's that's my biggest thing. Like, if you're gonna be Joe Mountain, you gotta be you gotta be a good evaluator of talent. Yeah. Rounds three through seven is where you get. That's the crux of your team. Mm-hmm. Those are cheap contracts that you could play when somebody gets injured. We have none of that. None. <laughs> I'm 5'8", 150 fucking pounds. Oh, excuse my language. 150 pounds. And I could I, I could play better right tackle than Nate Solder. <laughs> We've always said that we want uh, to get rid of Jason Garrett and put Tom in as OC because he oh, probably could do better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could all do better. Tom could do better. Hank could do better. Sam, you could do better. I could do better. And I look like Jason Garrett. So You do look like Jason Garrett. <laughs> Yeah, that was the elephant in the room. That I was. It was the elephant in the room. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. You don't want to insult you in any way. Oh well, it's very insulting. So thank you. Thank you. Flapper. It's it's not it's not fully though. It's just a very slight. All right. Well, who's more handsome? Well, obviously not him. (laughs) Obviously not him. Well, it's not me. So that's that's 
That's the worst answer I've ever heard in my life. I'm probably going to go uh, eat myself. I was insinuating that it's not him. It's you. Yeah, but you could just say you. (laughs) I was trying to be inclusive of the Giants there. That's funny. I'm just, I'm just Max, we love you, buddy. You've oh, done, uh, this is this has been an awesome uh, discussion so far, Hank. I want to. By in. the way, Tom, I really I'm, appreciate you let me have let me have on. No, of course, Hank. I want to throw you on the hot seat here. What's your What's your next question? Because I know we're oh kind of bouncing around. And first of all, before I get into that, I just want to say I'm having an awesome time with with you. But anyways, now to the question. So we know Andrew Thomas is on the IR for the next three weeks, and. The, the million-dollar question here is who's the next guy that's going to step up for the offensive line? Because it's paper thin. Yeah, yeah it's really bad. Um, I don't – it may be an obvious answer, but Will Hernandez needs to. Like, this is this is his third or fourth year. He's got to step up. Um, he's been fine this year and nothing, like, too detrimental. But to be a guy on the offensive line with – you know – I feel like we're all about the same age or whatnot. You, yeah. Chris Snee, David Deal, Kareem McKenzie, Rich Cyber. We we know those guys. Like those are those are awesome, awesome giant offensive linemen. Will Hernandez needs to step up bad. One, because his contract's up after this year. So are we gonna re-sign him or not? Two, because Hank, like you said, the offense is in it's deplorable. It's miserable. So he, yeah, he needs he needs to step up. So I'm going to be looking at Will Hernandez on Sunday and hoping to God. I got to go to Saturday Mass because I got to go to the game on Sunday. But uh, I am praying that Will Hernandez can step up. So me too. Yeah, he's he's that guy. <laughs> you know. Like that, 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 that's that's it. That's it. We're not gonna. We're not like Matt Pert, Matt Parrot, whatever his name is. Pert. We've Pert. we've. Thank you, thank you. We've all been calling him to start. He looked like shit last week. So he was on the wrong side of the line, though. He was. He was. Yeah, Listen, that and Sam, Thomas. Sam, I'm just I'm just angry. So I'm playing devil's name, advocate it, here. Playing devil's you advocate. Are, you are. I get it. I get it. I get it. If the name comes into my head, I'm going to eviscerate him. But on the surface, yes, I think Will Hernandez really needs to he needs to step up and have a have a game on Sunday. Yeah, have you seen the nasty streak Hernandez supposedly had coming out of college? That's my problem. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't. He was he was like projected to be a first round pick. We got him. Second the second, the yeah, the second round, the second pick, yep. and I, at that point, I'm sure you guys did too, thought it was the biggest steal in the world, and he has just been, I'm, average is saying it nicely. He's been terrible for three years, mm-hmm. and now he's average. So, I'm hoping he steps up on Sunday. I really, I hope he takes a leadership role and steps up and mans up, grows the balls that we thought he had. Excuse my language, Sam. I'm sorry. And actually steps up and blocks somebody all game. 
Maybe I expect too much. That's a good point. Uh, but, but Sam, we're getting reinforcements on Sunday, right? We're getting Robinson and Ellerton, Ellerson Smith back. I'm really looking forward to that. I think that could help yeah. our defense out. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think so because at this point we need it. And we're struggling on the defensive unit, and it's just it's not looking good at all. But, Snacks, if, if you could bring some sort of maybe hope to us here about Aaron Robinson and Ellerson Smith, do you think that uh, they can bring anything to the table that makes us better? Yeah. I, I actually I, – I think both make us better. Um, I was really – I love the Ellerson Smith pick. I thought he was uh, a very underrated pass rusher in the draft and getting him in, I think, Tom, tell me I'm wrong, the fourth round – and uh, I, I, I always liked his motor. I think he went to Minnesota. And um, as somebody who bets on college football games, I kind of watched Iowa, it a little bit. Or, or, or Iowa, yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I, Ellison Smith is somebody that I think can actually truly help this team just from – just fuel level. Like he's going to go out there and he's going to give you 110%, Sam. You know what I mean? Like he's going to relentlessly rush the passer – and make every single snap count. So I always appreciate about a guy like that. And I'm excited about him. Uh, Robinson, too. We we kind of counted on him earlier in the year. If you guys probably know, I, you, of course you know. Uh, as a rookie, as a third-round rookie, he was going to be like the starting slot corner. And then injuries hit and whatnot. So I think he's going to help, too. And I also think he could – be if he plays a good game this week and next week, he could possibly be um, a catalyst of a Jabril Peppers trade, which I know not many Giants fans want to hear, but if you can get the third or fourth for Jabril, you got to do it. You got to do it. It's a lost season, and you're not signing him to a big deal. So, Sam, to your point, those two rookies, Smith and Robinson, I truly believe, Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I probably am. I'm wrong about everything. But those guys can absolutely help this team, especially Ellison Smith, because you cannot put a price tag on on pass rush, and we have none of it. And that guy knows how to get to the quarterback. So I will say that a phenomenal point, and I am very excited to see those two on Sunday. If they play Sunday or if they're coming back in a week or two, yeah. They'll probably sprinkle them in, I'd imagine. Ellerson I, I would think so, yeah. Kind of get their feet right. wet and stuff, right? Yeah. Yep. yeah. But that kind of brings us into our keys of the game, and each each of us want to go over one key to the game. Um, Snacks, we'll start with you. Uh, what would you say is your key of the game for the Giants? What's one thing they must do in order to beat Carolina on Sunday, a team that doesn't have their star running back in Christian McCaffrey? Yep. So – Carolina's defensive line is relentless. And um, just from an outsider's perspective, they are really good at defensive line. Uh, my key is the I know the offensive line is beaten, battered, bruised, everything, but they need to hold Daniel Jones up. Because if I if Daniel Jones has enough time, he's gonna pick apart that secondary, which is not good. I, Stephen Gilmore is there this week. It does not matter. That is not a good secondary. That is not a good defense outside that that defensive line. So my biggest key, and I will pray for it on Saturday night, 
the Giants offensive line needs to give him time. Needs to. Needs to. You're not going to have Tony. You're not going to have Galladay. You might not have Shepard. He popped up on the injury report this week. I still think you could win controlling the field, controlling drives, but you need to control that Carolina defensive line, and that's my biggest key. Definitely Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick, a couple of yeah, good man. It's, it's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Sam, what's your key? Do you have anything uh, in particular that stands out to you? Well, I, I was going to say that protecting Daniel Jones was going to be the most important thing. But um, to add to that, I'll say that protecting Daniel Jones is important, but then Daniel Jones also making sure he doesn't turn over the ball is also very important. We don't want a repeat of Sunday. We don't want to see that again because the Rams can do what we can't, and that was take a turnover and put points on the board, which right. for some reason we can't do. Um, they, so they, they I scored would, like 14 points off Daniel's interceptions. I'm sorry. Sam. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're 100% right, yeah. So, yeah, so I would say definitely keeping the turnovers to a minimum, and that, that correlates directly with the offensive line because I think that when Daniel Jones gets pressured, he freaks out and just – tosses it or loses control of the ball. And that's how the turnovers happen. So he yep. has to get protected in order for that to happen. Amen. Preach. Hank, All what right. do you got? As Preach. for my, as <laughs> I think, I, I think I know what's coming here, but. Oh yeah. Shoot you know anyway. what? I'm going to, I'm going to spare you the big dramatic thing. Get off the field in third down. There it is. Uh, you want to know one silver lining about that? That's a, I, Hank, that's a good one. That's a good one. Do you want to know? One of my silver lines about that game, the Giants Wait, actually still, did you, well stopping breathing? the Rams on or? third down. But no. the bad news is <laughs> they couldn't stop the Rams on first and second down most of the game. Very true. Very true. Couldn't stop. A, heck, we couldn't stop a nosebleed. So yeah. Also, true. but you're right. If we can get off the hold on, can I real quick? Because I know you're going to keep going on this. Third yeah, down yeah, is no huge. Point. That that is a great point. To get off the field on third down changes everything. It changes the complexion of a game. Yes. Whether you're punting from wherever you are, you get off the field at that point. It changes so much. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no it, that's that's what I say every single week. Actually, yeah. Hank Hank makes a routine to make sure that I know. I know. I, well. I, I watched. I watched last week, and I. I, I know. <laughs> um. <laughs> So I think pressuring Sam Darnold is also going to be key, kind of alluding to that. I think the Panthers yeah. O-line last week, they gave up four sacks to the Vikings. Yeah, a lot. Yep. A pass rush that's not necessarily great. Um, granted, they do have Dalvin Tomlinson there, but, um, you know, yeah, the, the, the one that got away. But, I, I don't um, want to talk about Dalvin Tomlinson. I think pressuring <laughs> Sam Darnold is He's like key. my favorite player of, like, the last 20 years. Yeah, he, he, he was good, unfortunately – Defensive tackles aren't highly covered Tom, as much. Tom. All right. We're not going to talk about he it. He was great. Yes, he was great. He was definitely Don't say great. he was good. <laughs> he was a captain last year. So you're right. not wrong. You're and you keep wrong. fucking talking. About- oh, I cursed again. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no more. I know, I know the point you're going to make, and I want to hear it. So please. Okay. You said you want to hear it? I do want to hear it. Yeah. Okay. Because gonna, you you were going to say something that I was going to say, and now you're going to say it, so love it. 
he stops the run very well, but you're not going to throw 11 to 13 million a year at a defensive tackle, especially in the financial climate of an offseason where, you know, the salary cap is much lower. And the Giants thought there was promise last season. They had a team they thought that could win in coming into this season. So what are they going to do? They're going to go out and they're going to spend a little bit because they only had six draft picks this year. So it's kind of a thing that they had to do. And unfortunately, Tomlinson was a casualty to that. And people are arguing, well, Leonard Williams's play has declined with Tomlinson. But if Williams wasn't here, there's a good chance we'd be saying the exact same thing about Dalvin right. Tomlinson. His play has declined without Leonard Williams. Those two guys both fed off each other. You know, at right. least that's the way I look at it. Was that the direction you were heading at with that? Snacks? No, it's 100% right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you um, you hit every nail on the head just with that. Um, yeah. I, 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 if you follow me on Twitter back in the day and in, in the offseason, you will know I was as big of a Dallin Thomas fan as anybody in the world. I loved him. I thought he was – he's one of those guys you want to build around. You want him on your team. Um, but I get it. I get the direction they went in and what they did in the offseason and how they saw it then. But, um, yeah, no, your time, you, you, you hit everything on, on, the, on the head 100%. And we've seen it happen since the turn of the, of the century. But I won't get into yeah. that. Let's let's move into uh, players to watch. I want one everybody to give one player from each team that you think is a player to watch. And Snacks, as the guest, we'll start with you again. Uh, give us a player to watch from Carolina and then the Giants and then why. So maybe it's biased because he's on my fantasy team. Oh. And uh, I think he's not going to be – he's going to be opposite of DJ Moore and everything. Robbie Anderson. I think Robbie Anderson is going to have a nice game. And people forget he's coming back to MetLife too. Mm-hmm. He was a Jet for many years. It's another so one. So I'm going to take Robbie Anderson – and then for the Giants, um, can I shoot myself or I? No, okay, all right, I'll pick something. <laughs> Don't pull a flask going. No, on, no, you can. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say if if Sterling plays, I know he popped up on the injury report this this uh, today, mm-hmm. but if Shepard plays, I think Sterling's gonna have a huge game. They're mm-hmm. gonna be throwing it, and Sterling Shepard is as classy and good of a receiver as the Giants have had since Amani Tumor, like consistently and just the, what he brings and everything like that. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go two receivers. I'm going to go Robbie Anderson and then I'm going to go Sterling Shepard. I like it. I like it. Sterling Shepard also has caught a pass in 58 consecutive games. Look at that. Look at that. Fun, fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize he was that consistent. I actually just saw that. Yeah, no, hey, yo, he's the, he's really good. Yeah. Like I knew he's he was really good. good. But, like, I didn't realize that, that streak was that long. It's crazy. It's it's yeah. kind of gone under the radar. I feel like it has absolutely, yeah. But he he's like the real deal, Sterling Shepard. He's really good. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, again, enough. I love the guy. I took no pleasure in saying that I thought trading him was a possibility, but it unfortunately that's the reality. Right. Yeah, and, and I'm with you. Yep, I agree. Another receiver we're without is CJ Board, who's out for the year with a broken arm. So that, that's going to hurt the special teams returning. Um, that's that's another big blow to this team. But uh, yep. who won? Rains and Tom. 
Yeah, that's usually how it happens with this team. Um, we talked about the field and MetLife earlier on, but um, who wants to go next? Hank? All right. Like so I feel like we're in a classroom. <laughs> I don't know. Just just for the fun of that. <laughs> so for players to watch, I'm going to say Sam Darnold because, I mean, look, I know, I know Snack said earlier that he wasn't that great. I think he's got talent. It's just the problem was I don't think he's always had the supporting cast. I mean, look what he's been with that Christian McCaffrey and look how the Panthers have been. It's been tough, but I do think he has some flashes where he can be great. And I do think he's a guy to watch out for. And you know what? Going back to MetLife Stadium, I'm sure that's going to bring some extra motivation for him. So you know what? I definitely can see Sam Darnold being a player to watch for sure. And now as for the Giants, my player to watch for the Giants I'm going to go with Leonard Williams. And the reason I'm going to say Leonard Williams is if you look at his numbers for the past two games, he actually hasn't been that bad. It's been somewhat similar. The problem is the production just, you know, has been great. And you look at the way the defense has been, you're not going to see it on the scoreboard, but he's still somebody you got to watch out for. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he does after he made those comments about not being a fan of booing and, you know, I'd say more about that, but I think we already ranted about that issue. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even want. I don't want to bring it. Okay. <laughs> but I, I, I am interested to hear what Sam has to say. So. Oh, for my players uh, to watch. Um, for the Panthers, I'm gonna have to go with Chuba Hubbard. Um, filling in for Christian McCaffrey. I know, obviously, they're big shoes to fill, but their run game is still very strong, and he prove that last week scoring a touchdown I think that he played very well and I think that with McCaffrey gone it's some you know run game is something that you're not expecting to be as good which it obviously won't be as good as McCaffrey but he's not a bad player and he's a really solid rookie running back and I think that he's definitely going to be someone for us to look out for and on the Giants side of things I was going to say Leonard Williams but because Hank said it I will go with Matt Pert because I like Matt Pert. Um, I've always liked Matt Pert. Um, I know that before I was a host on this show, I was a guest and I used to sing Matt Pert's praises, um, especially in the off season. So I'm going to go with him and I know he's going to be, you know, kind of adapting to a new role, but he is a hardworking guy and he has come out in his comments that he has said is that I've been ready and I'm ready to do this and I'm ready to fill this role. So I have, a lot of faith in Matt Pert, and I would love to see how he transitions into his new role on the line. Amen. Yeah, yeah. that's a good. Wow, saying, that, that's a good call. Matt Pert being like one of the guys you want to watch. Amen. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. He'll be starting. Uh, yeah. So for me, you know, it's interesting, Hank. One thing you didn't mention about Darnold: five rushing touchdowns this season. That guy can move that's, on his legs. We he led the league that. at one point. That's He's it. got He's great still- hair, guys. <laughs> it's the hair, yeah. Yeah, the, it's the red hair. He does hair have very over. miraculous hair. Yeah, that's. Um, I think he's still either him or Lamar Jackson. I'm not so sure. It has to be one of those two. Um, I don't know. Imagine maybe Lamar. no, not even quarterbacks. He led the league in rushing touchdowns. Yeah, true o- fact. Over yeah. everyone. Yeah, yeah that's. So that's I don't know. He might still hold that. that. He might still hold that. Yeah. Uh, um, I think I think he lost the title last week, but yeah, he's right there. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So it's unbelievable. Sorry, Tom. For for the Giants, I'm going to take Daniel Jones. Um, 
coming off his worst career game turnover-wise. First career start against the Panthers, hometown favorite team growing up. Uh, I think he's not going to have his full plethora of weapons. It's going to be, assuming they play, a lot of Sterling Shepard, a lot of Evan Ingram, who are probably the two that are most likely to play out of that injured bunch. And then you're probably getting Slayton back this week too, who we haven't mentioned once on this show tonight. Um, And the Giants protected David Sills on the practice squad today. So there's a chance Sills gets called up on Sunday uh, to be wide receiver five behind Shepard, Slayton, Pettis, Johnson, Colin Johnson. And then Sills is probably wide receiver five. So I think Jones and Sills had some good chemistry in the offseason, Sills and Jones pretty much traveled everywhere that they went. So I think Jones maybe, you know, I'm not saying Sills is the next Victor Cruz or anything, but I think this guy deserves a shot, and the Giants may finally give him one if they elevate him this week. So that's my player to watch for the Giants, Daniel Jones. And then for Carolina, it's Hassan Reddick, oh. um, a guy I really wanted the Giants. I was hoping I'd get out of this podcast without hearing his name. Um, six and a half sacks on the season last week, had eight tackles and reunited with Matt rule, who he played on there at temple. Shout out Hank for that. And, um, yeah, this is the guy he spent four years with the Cardinals. He mauled us last year, five, five sacks. So those are my two, I mean, Snacks, actually, you know what? I have one more question for you before we predict all right, this game. All right, well, all right. So, so since you just pissed me off so much, all right, give me one more question. If there's one player you could steal from the Carolina Panthers, who would it be and why? Oh, that's a great question. Um, wow. Shit. <laughs> um See, here, here's my problem. It would be somebody on the defensive line. One of those edge rushers. But I'm not good with names. That's one of my flaws. I'm not, I'm not good with names. I barely know my own name. So, um, Hassan Riddick at $6 million, I know that. But I would take, I would take one, of the, one of those defensive linemen that rushes the passer. That's what I would take, yeah. Yeah, I would take either Brian Burns, Hassan. Uh, Burns, Burns, that's it, yes. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Or Derek Brown, hog up Sorry. the middle. So. No, 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 Burns. 100 <laughs> okay. I, I yeah. would take one of those three. I mean, we can't stop the run either. That's another thing, too. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Um, can't do that, yeah. But we also can't do anything, so. This is true. I'll also, uh, Shaq Thompson didn't practice today. Not that that means much, but – um. You know that's a good linebacker for them. No, but I'm, hey, I'm not I'm not kidding when I say the Giants are going to win on Sunday. They're going to win. Well, let's get your game prediction. Do you th- do you have a final score prediction for us? I do. Yes, I've thought about it before I came on, and I've thought about it even in here. I think the Giants win 27-24. Okay, I like that. I, I, it's not bias. It's not bias. I just don't think Carolina is that good at all. Yeah, me, me neither. I don't think the Panthers are a good team either. But right, yeah, I just that's, that's just me. I, I don't think they are. Sam, who do you got? I 
will not be picking the Giants to win this week. I think that the Panthers have been on a low and they are going to take this game as they're up and up. I think that they are going to take this as the one that projects them back into where they were week one. So I am going to go that the Panthers are going to win this game, but it is going to be close. I'm doing 21-17 Panthers. I just, they, they, it's mostly the injuries. If we had a lot more people on our roster, I, I would consider picking the Giants. I would definitely think that this is a winnable game, but the injuries are, are pushing me in the opposite direction. Um, but hopefully it's not as much of a bloodbath as it was from this weekend. I, I, I think that's fair, especially especially with the injuries. Now, now Sam, hold on. Now, I, I, I don't – you don't have to say it over uh, the interwe- interweb with everything. Are you from the tri-state area? Yes, I live in New York. Hmm. <laughs> Why? Never mind. Go ahead. Oh, I can't believe you just picked Carolina Panthers over the <laughs> well, as a, as a member of the, the Giants. Trust are area. one and five. What do you expect? No, we might, we might have I'm just, I'm just, bu- I'm just busting your chops. You're right. You're right. You're right. But you're Hank. also wrong too. So that's fair. I will. That's I want to screw Hank. Hank, can you do me one favor, Hank? What's that? I see that Mariano uh, jersey in the back. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> when the Giants win, I want you to screen record our show tonight. And I want you to make sure everybody knows that I picked the Giants to win. You got it. Thank you, Hank. Appreciate it. You got it. Sam, I'm just pleasing your chat. I'd love to be wrong. I say it every time I go against the Giants. I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong yes. in every sense of the word. I but realistically, I just don't know if we have all the pieces. To win this game, you're one of my wrong. favorite you're mantras. You're not wrong is, at all. One of my favorite mantras is, "I would rather be wrong and happy with the result than right and and very upset and angry." Amen. Amen. That's one of my favorite mantras yep. that I use. I, and um, that, that that's like Sam's mantra right now. It's it's like all of us. Yes, we want to be wrong, <laughs> but be happy with the result. Yeah. In any event, let's get to my prediction. I tried. I'm sorry, Snacks. I really, 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 really tried to, like, go with the Giants. But, like, you should be thanking me, though, because usually when I pick the Giants, they lose. So, you know what? Reverse, let reverse jinx work in my favor. I'm going to say I'm going to say 20, uh, 24-21 Carolina. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just so used to this team breaking my heart. But, again, Snacks, hear me out. You should be thanking me based on my track record picking the Giants. I should so. be. Yes, I know. I know, I know yeah. you're mush. I know. Exactly. Yeah, I'm totally. Yeah, yeah. This ain't my first rodeo, Hank. I, I watched. <laughs> I, I know. I know. All right. I know. Um, but all right, fine. So fine. You, you, you and Sam be miserable together. <laughs> this is going to be very interesting because I could potentially tie this up or I could put it in Carolina's favor. So here's how I. Here's how I feel about this. McCaffrey's out, right? Robbie Anderson has not been playing too great this season. Uh, DJ Moore, there's a chance he gets blanketed against James Bradbury. And the Giants, while, yes, they're without a lot of weapons, before the season began, I originally picked the Giants to win this game on paper. While the Giants are without 
their weapons. I'm going to stick with that projection. And I think the Giants are going to win this game by a final score of 23 to 20. I think Gano does what he did to the Giants to the Panthers three years later, kicks a game-winning field goal, snacks, explodes out of his seat with Justin Pennick at the end of the game saying, Giants, baby, give me the money. Give me the money. 23-20, final score. Give it all to me. The New York football Giants will win this football game on Sunday, in my opinion. But uh, That sucks. That's that's pretty much it. That sucks. I hope he's right. I I don't take any pleasure picking against the Giants. Yeah, you do. (laughs) (laughs) man i saw it in your face this this has been an ultra fun segment here tonight but snacks um now we're gonna wrap up the show uh anything you want to add here before we let you go tonight it's definitely been a lot of fun and we do appreciate your time hopping on this podcast with yeah i i i will say first and foremost that i am fully appreciative of you guys having me on um i love you guys show i I listened in the past Everything that comes out of your guys' mouth besides Hanks is great. Um, oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but no, no I, 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 gen- I genuinely appreciate you having me on. Let me vent a little bit. And uh, it's a great opportunity for me. And, and I'm glad that we all got to kind of spew some, you know, so, some anger and so, some everything like that. So thank you very much. There's nothing more to that I have to say. I, at all. Um, I just truly appreciate being on here and um, you guys keep killing it. That, that, that's really it. I, I am, I am genuinely thankful to be on here. So thank you. No problem. Awesome. Anytime. And uh, of course we'll check out your show bleeding blue. If that starts up again in the off season as well, make sure to go check snacks out there um, and snacks really appreciate you coming on and let's go big blue. Have a good time on Sunday. Thank you so much. Let's go, Big Blue. Sunday's going to be a doozy. Let's go. Thanks, Snacks. Thank you, guys. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. That was Nikki Snacks from North Jersey. Really appreciate him coming on. Uh, Sam, Hank, any final thoughts here before we uh, close out the show here tonight? Snacks, I'm only going to say is this one more thing. If I ever run into you at a Giants game and you get that prediction right, I'm getting I'm getting us around. That's all I'm going to say. But in any event, I had a lot of fun. This this was one of the more fun times I've had since you brought me on board here for Big Blue Avenue. That was that was great. Snacks, you you were you were awesome. Keep killing yeah. it with uh, Panic. Yeah, this was great. This was super great. And uh, yeah, I mean, I hope Hank and I are wrong. I hope that the Giants end up doing what they got to do on Sunday. Um, and hopefully there's nobody else that gets injured and ruins our day even more. Yeah, I definitely agree. And Steve has a comment. Uh, great show, guys, and Sam. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it look, Steve's been a great supporter of our show, dominating the comments section yet again. Appreciate you, Steve. Appreciate everybody. Mr. Rothschild commenting as well. Um, they, we haven't seen David in a while, but um, on the other side Dr. of the Rose pond. I that's true. Yeah. Hopefully uh, we talk more with them in the future. But folks, on behalf of Hank and Dichter, Sam Cardona, I'm Tom Scavetta saying good evening and let's go Big Blue. Blue.